Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders, and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets, where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. We ready to go? Yep. Man, it's going to be good. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study together again this evening. We pray your blessings upon our study. Be with Cole and I as we navigate the, this class through the text, and we pray for our audience, the, whoever they are and where, wherever they are and whenever they watch. We pray that, that they will learn and grow, and, and it'll be uh, uh, beneficial to them. We thank you for it, and thank you, Father, especially for Jesus. He makes all of this possible, and we uh, we can't say thank you enough for the salvation that we find in him and for the, for the, uh, for the relationship we have with you. Uh, because of him. Thank you so much, Father. And uh, and we pray this prayer by his authority. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I think we're going to finish the uh, the holiness theme yeah. this week. Yeah. I mean, where we ended last week was the was the uh, declaring the praises of, of of God because of what he's done and it because we're priests. That's, that's okay. what he that's what he tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 that we are declaring the praises. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a, in a little bit, but in Leviticus 22 you know, he, he's ending, he's, he's telling the priest, because after 22, he's going to go into the various feast days. Sure. And what, but he's he finishing up with the priest, and the priests are to be holy. And and if you look at chapter 22 and verse 9, it said, The priests are to perform at my service in such a way that they do not become guilty and die for treating it with contempt. I am the Lord that makes who makes them holy. You know, you we, we looked at last week that the, the priests were set apart. Okay, they were set apart, and uh, and we have been set apart, and that's you know? that's really what the primary definition of being holy means. Yes, it is set apart for yeah. a specific task or purpose. But you know, we 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 want to know, and I think we we maybe we haven't done a good enough job. Is how does this connect to us? We're trying to do that with this. We are priests. We talked about it last week. We're priests. Uh, we've been we've been uh, born into a into royalty. You know, we looked at. Ephesians 2 last week, and we'll probably look at that again a, a little bit. But we we we've been born into royalty. We're we're a we're priests. We don't we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. The only reason we have it is because God's grace gave it to us. And uh, and I think it's uh, it's pretty special. Yeah. And I think it's it's a uh, it's uh, uh, we need to figure out okay what comes next. What I, what, I, what does he tell these guys? Yeah. Be careful. Be careful what you do, but do. Right. Don't not do do. Do the stuff that I'm telling you to do, but do it do it the right way. Do it how you're supposed to. Now, what were we going to say? Yeah, I, I mean, it's you keep saying, you know, we're royal priests. We're priests like them, but we're royal priests. And that's such a huge distinction. Yeah. We are not priests like Levi. 
right? We are priests in the vein of Christ, yeah. who is our high priest. We are royal priests, as he is a royal priest. And we priest. looked at that last week about him being a priest like Melchizedek and, right. and all of that. But 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 it may, because we've been adopted, now I am, I, I am royalty because Galatians 3 tells me that I am Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. That means I'm an heir. That means an heir of what? I'm an heir of the promises that Jesus put into place. Well, and think about it, right? We, we've been going through Leviticus and we've been seeing these stipulations for offerings and how the priests are, are called to do things. And God is very specific. You just pointed out, he calls them to obey, right? God says, I have made you holy. And the response to that holiness in your life is to do things as I have said to do them. And so if we are a higher order of priests, if we are a cut above, right? Remember, this was all pointing towards Christ and the church and everything else, right? So we are a cut above. If it was important for them to do things exactly as God told them to do it, then how much more so is it for us who are supposed to be the culmination? Yeah. Right? Even are, more so. Than, we, are the, we are the fulfillment of what God had planned. Correct. The church is. Right. Not me, but the, the church is the fulfillment. You know, and I think that uh, that wrapping our minds around that if, 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 as Christians, it's so much more than playing games. Mm. It's so much more than just than just gracing some building with your presence on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. What is what what type of games? You're you've been an elder in the Lord's Church for a long time, and that's that's it's such an interesting way to phrase this problem. And so uh, I just want to pick your brain here for a second. What type of games do you see the Lord's people playing, or what type of games? Would you say the Lord's people the, that are the, supposed to be royal priests are playing in the 21st century? We get it in our mind. For some, we get it in our mind that God that we are that we are still under a system of law. Okay, not law like this, but a system of law. It's called legalism, mm -hmm. and we and we bind on each other. The idea that if you don't do this, this, and this, then you're not accepted by God. Mm. And that's game playing because that's not true. That's not biblical. That's not godly from the Gospels. It's not godly from anywhere. That's one way we do that. You know, other people, uh, there are others that, that get it in their mind that, that God will accept what I do because I'm giving him something. I'm not to... I, I may not be giving him what he calls for, but I'm giving him enough. We have we ingrained in our minds. We've listened to people tell us that God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be be okay, and he wants to, he wants you to be able to fulfill the desires of your heart. So that so God is uh, is is satisfied with what you deem is appropriate. That's oh, game playing. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not playing the game according to the rules. Right. I mean, if you sit down with a deck of cards and you're going to play spades, there are certain rules. You don't play spades with a, with with the rules for for bridge. Right. Two different games. Right. Right. Okay? Right. And if you're gonna if you're gonna sit down with this and you're gonna and you're gonna ask God, okay, God, I want you in my heart. I want you to be the Lord of my life, and I want I want you to to uh, uh, take me from here to there. There is there. If you got it in your mind that there's nothing in between for you to do, then you've then you've missed the boat, because it says in Matthew 28, uh -huh. Jesus said, "All authority has been given to me." Right. All authority. 
And he said, and so I want you to go. Therefore, you go. I'm sending you to go. And he said, and I want you to go and you make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them. And I want you to teach them to observe everything I'm commanding you. Okay, well, so what did he what did he tell them? If you're playing games, I don't really care what God said. What did my preacher say? What did this guy say? What did my good friend say? My good friend's a really good person. I love them to death. And they only do this much, so I think that must be okay. Because God would never send that person to hell. So that must be okay. That's game plan. And then you can be, you can get into real dicey stuff where, where uh, you, uh, you live one way at church and you live completely different somewhere else. You can play that game with me and you can play that game with you. You can play that game with everybody around you, but you're not going to play that game with God. So why why do people do that? Like what? Why are these games being played? Right. So these are the game. The games that are being played is I want to supplant the requirements that God has yep. for me. Right. I want to I want to substitute those and import my own requirements. Well, Essentially, what it is. Let me ask you a kind of question. Okay. Why did Jesus say the way to heaven is narrow, narrow, and only few that will find it? But the way to destruction is wide and broad, and many there'll be that go that way. Why do you have to say that? Because he knew exactly what we we're going to do. Well, I think I think the heart of everything that we've been dealing with since the the very beginning, right? So when we go all the way back to Genesis, what mm -hmm. what was the problem? The problem is they did what was good in their own eyes. Yeah. Well, was, I mean, we're yeah. going to eventually get to Judges, yeah. and in Judges they said, you know, and this the reason everything is going off the wall is because there is no king in Israel, right? Everybody does what is good in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. So what it, what is the constant problem? The constant problem of mankind is God says, "I created you to rule with me, so come mm -hmm. along," and we go, "No, we're good, man. Yeah, we're good. I, I'm going to do it my way." And we have this <laughs> idea that well, I am doing, I am coming along. Right. But I just decided to do it my way. Right. I just decided to do, I think this is enough. Okay, well, for me, for me, let that, for me, you know, not going to, not being with God's people on a regular basis is not, I, I can't do that. I don't, but there are people that say, oh, that's fine. With me. Okay, that's okay. That's what you, you know, I understand that. But if God says, don't do this, whatever it is, then, you know, when he says, we looked at last week, we looked at First Peter chapter 2. Sure. And verse 9. And mm -hmm. it says, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, you know, and, and I want I want to read it because because I think I said I said last week that we need to follow up with this verse. Okay. Because this verse, what is it what what does it mean here? And and look at what he says. He says, uh 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 you are a uh, I got the wrong. I'll read it. Second okay. uh, yeah, first chapter Peter two. chapter is. two, verse nine. But you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, mm -hmm. a holy nation. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I think the where we talked about last week is where you need to we need to work on some and talk about some. What does it mean to declare the praise of him who called us out of out of darkness into the, his marvelous light? What does that mean? You know, and I think that's that's kind of what we're talking. There are people that have the wrong idea and so they begin to play games with it. You know, if you really look at what the scripture says, God says, I want everything you've got. Mm -hmm. I don't want half. I don't want a third. I want everything you've got. And if you're not willing to give me everything you've got, then don't give me any of it. Basically, isn't that what he's saying? He said, unless you're willing to, to hate your mother and father and sister and brother, unless you're willing to love me more than anything else. Well, when people play games, they say, well, I had to have this boat. I, I, yeah, well, I, I, well, my contribution went down a little bit, but I had to have this boat because I need to pay for this boat. So, 
but but I'm going to use it for the benefit of the church. And and I'll take people boat riding in it from church. Really? That's why you bought the boat. Really? You know, I had somebody tell me that one time. They they stopped giving, bought a boat. Said, but I mean, never used it for the church at all. It's a game. Don't play games with God. God can see through that stuff. We all do that. Well, and and what is what does the text actually say, right? So that's that's kind of what we're filtering this through, right? So this person says, "I'm not going to give it all. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm going to buy a boat," and then tries to justify that. And what yeah. does the text actually say? The text actually says, "Give as you are able." Yeah. God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. So the mindset is completely wrong. It's yeah. Essentially, what God is saying is. If you don't want to give to me, then don't give to me. Yeah. If you want to give, yeah. give. But don't lie to me. Don't lie to me about because it. Because I know when yeah. you're lying. So so it's like this individual, instead of, of, instead of him just saying, he, I mean, he literally could have said, well, you know, I would rather buy the boat. And I think, is there a heart issue there? Is there stuff to talk oh, yeah. about there? Yeah. I think absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I mean, my question would be, I mean, look, I, I, I understand. Okay, you want a boat. We live in an area where that's, that's important. But why wouldn't you want to partner with God in the work that he's doing? I'm going to ask you something. What is it going to look like to declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness? What's that going to look well, like? Well, it certainly doesn't look like making excuses about buying a boat. But it does. <laughs> but it does if your criteria is the world around you. Sure. Yeah. If the criteria you use, if the, if the, if the standard you use is the world around you, it makes all kinds of sense. When you have preachers everywhere that are multi-billion, multi-millionaires drying, flying around in multi-million dollar jets and stuff. And then justify, well, I've got to get to these places where I have to preach. You know, okay. You know, I mean, you know, when when that's the standard that you're looking at and saying, well, it's okay for them, but that doesn't make it right. You know, so when I God's, shouldn't expect you guys to be buying me a jet. No, I'm not going to buy you a jet. Oh, okay. No, we're not going to buy you a jet. <laughs> no. But the, the point is, is that is if I'm going to declare the praises of him, it's going to look different than the world. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how it's going to, that's how it's going to, people are going to go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa. What's different here? Something's different because it doesn't look like everybody else. Because everybody, most people, and you, you, we've talked about this before. Most people are letting Satan run their ship mm. and not God. And so when God starts running your ship, it's going to look different. It's going to put you at odds with people. It is. People are not going to, people are not going to want to jump on the boat and travel along because it's not going to, it's not going to look the same. Right, and it's going to be way more work. Being a Christian's work, okay? People can say whatever they want. It it takes work. You you have to decide. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this because this is what God's called me to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna honor Him with my life, and I'm gonna declare His praises. And that means everywhere I'm going, my mind's gonna be working all the time trying to figure out what am I gonna do and how am I gonna say it. Well, and you can't you can't declare His praises if. You're playing games, right? Because, I mean, what, so, you know, we talked, you talked about legalism earlier, right? There is no praise in legalism because under legalism, you're constantly condemned. There is no, there is no grace. There is nothing, right? And I, I've, and we see this and you see it played out in the church because you see people who believe that they're only saved by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, they're only saved. They're saved by, you know, this, they, like barely saved if saved at all. Right. And so that's not true. And there's no joy in that. There's no peace in that. Yeah. All there is is recrimination, right? All there is is this constant condemnation on yourself. Yeah. And so what praise can you sing, right? Especially if we're, if that's what we're supposed to be, 
you know, I would think at the, the, the most fundamental level, singing his praises means that you have adopted fully his grace because otherwise well, let, there's let nothing me, to sing let, about. Let's get it in simple. How do you declare, how simply do you declare the praises of him today who called you out of darkness? Give me something really simple. How, how do you, how would you do that? Yeah. Just give me something, something really simple that everybody would understand. I mean, you literally thank him for it. So okay. pra praise of Thanksgiving, okay. uh, prayers we, of Thanksgiving. Would me, be and, me and John and, and Fred Lynch and, 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 and Kevin, uh, we went to Baytown Restaurant, which today was, this is Friday morning, guys, we're recording this, but that was yep, Thursday, we went for lunch and we prayed. Four of us sitting around the table, we prayed. There's, there's not a lot of people, there's people in there. I don't care who sees us. I, I don't care. I, I don't care. You know, none of us cared who saw us or who, you know, I mean, uh, I don't care. There's no motive. There's just, hey, God, thank you for, for bringing us together as four men who enjoy each other's company and and who are uh, who have a good time together. And we're going to get the benefit of the blessings of your bounty that we're going to get to eat today. Sure. And that we've been blessed with the financial resource to buy it. So, and uh, I don't, I didn't care if anybody saw. That's declaring the praises. That's simple. That's a simple thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you declare the praises in 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 other ways by I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give my money. I'm going to give I'm going to give money resources to God because he because I owe him, and it's his anyway. That's another way. You know, I'm going to. You're going to live like you actually believe what he says. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to drive my car. Like I'm like I'm not the biggest dude on the block and you need to get out of my way because don't you know how important I am? I'm going to live my life. Like it's God's life. Yeah. I'm going to drive my car. Like it's God's car. Yeah. I'm going to live in my house. Like it's God's house. Yeah. I'm going to conduct relationships with other people as if I and those people belong to God. What happened when the priest didn't? Oh, ooh, well, we're going we to get to judges. We are, but we already, read, <laughs> we already read about one yeah. chapter 10, yeah. verse one and two, Aaron's two sons. They decided Hey, this is a great game to play. Let's play this game, and we'll walk in here, and we'll do this. Don't matter what he said. Don't matter. Because I think this is going to be beneficial. This is going to be really good. And what happens? Poof, and they're gone. Yes. God consumes yep. them with their own fire mm -hmm. because they decided, hey, that's why God tells them in 22 and verse 9, he said, be really careful what you're doing here. Okay? Yeah. Be really careful. And, and if you go back there, uh, I, want to, I want to read this verse, though. Let, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Okay. We read the other day. Well, it says, it says, uh, and we looked at this about that we're reigning on earth, but it says in verse six, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works, so no, no one can boast. And then listen to verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's already got works prepared for you to do. Uh, guys, he's already, if you don't do them, it's be, not because you don't have them ready, because you chose not to listen. Because yeah. you decided, I'm going to play this game different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this game over here. You know? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got a couple of different games on my phone that I can play when I've got downtime and and uh, and and just. But you know, I can I can try to you know master my best and get more points than I did the last time and all that stuff. And uh, but there's still rules in that game. 
right, there's rule. Yeah. And and if you're and let's say you've got a block game and you're putting blocks in different places and trying to make points and everything, if you get a, a, a particular form of a block and it doesn't fit anywhere, the game's over. Yeah. It don't make any difference how bad you want to make it fit, it don't fit. Right. And that's and God's saying, I've I've created a thing for you to do here. I've created a a, a place for you to be. And this is what I want you to do. I've got work for you to do. I created them before you were, you know, that's what he said. He said, which God prepared in advance for us. And what did he sell us in Matthew 28? Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Okay. Preach the good news. He says, he says, you need to make disciples of them. That's an ongoing process that never ends in people's lives. That's right. So that's, that in of itself is a full-time occupation, just making disciples of people. He says, baptize them. Okay. Yeah. Baptize them. And he said, and then he says, and teach them to observe everything I've commanded you. That's an on. When, when is it over? When, when, when are you finished? Tell me when you're finished. Uh, you, you're not. When you get to retire from, <laughs> when you get to retire from this. Yeah, yeah, but the, this is the, I, I've made a decision. I'm going to declare God's praises. And this is, I'm going to listen to what did he tell me how to do that? And he tells us another one. Look at Romans chapter 12. You know, anybody that's been in my classes, but. They know that, that I, I always go to this text because I think you ought to have this one underlined and highlighted. You know what I mean? He says, he said, therefore, and, he, and therefore is how he starts at verse one. Therefore, what does that mean? What, what is it, whatever he's talking about before, he's talking about Jesus and the suffering of Jesus and the dying and how Israel is going to be saved. But he said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh, wait a minute. What were the priests supposed to do? What does it say they were supposed to do? How many sacrifices? They had all, all of 22. If you go read it, guys, you're going to find all kinds of sacrifices. Don't do this. Find this kind of sacrifice, right? Yeah. And if you got someone in your house, you know, a foreigner house, they get, you know, this is what you do. And God was very specific with them. Do it this way. Well, God's been specific for us too. Sure. Do, do it like this. He said, offer your body, not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice. That means every single day when I wake up, I am to offer myself to God and say, God, here I am. Use me as you see fit. Do with me whatever. And then have my mind open yeah. to the things that are going to be happening around me. And like we talked about once before, remember we talked about, I asked you what was the most, and how we settled on that changing our personalities yeah. is the most difficult thing we ever do. Yeah. And say, I'm going to work on this again today. Because I believe that's going to help me to, to declare your praises and to become that living sacrifice. Well, and you have to do an inventory. It's not as easy as simply say, well, I'm going to change my personality. It's mm. like, what, where in my life, where in, it's, okay, let's look at personality mm -hmm. specifically, where in my personality am I not bringing glory and honor to God? Mm -hmm. Is there anywhere? And this is a very difficult thing. Psalm 19, right? God, uh, David prays to God at the end of Psalm 19 and he says, you know, uh, let not... Um, let not my, you know what? Let me, let me look at it. Let me, I don't want to butcher it. So let me pull it up real quick. Psalm 19. Um, it's, I love, I love this Psalm. There are a lot of Psalms that are just really on point. Um, there it is. Psalm 19. He says right at the end, uh, who can discern their own errors? This is verse 12 of Psalm 19, but who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults, Right. Keep your servant also from willful, willful sins. May they not rule over me. So there's there's a reality here where it's like God is perfect mm -hmm. in every way. And he calls us to follow him. And that's a high standard to me. 
And there are going to be places where we don't even realize where we are falling short, right? Where interactions that occur in our lives, part of our personalities that that are short, we're, we're not being holy as we should. Yeah. We're not living yeah. as we should. And so if you're playing games, right? If you're playing games with it, there is no peace. There is no joy no. because you're not living no. in that grace. No. You're not doing those things. But there is if you've, if you've decided that this is the standard that's acceptable. But where do you find that standard? Well, but that's what I'm saying. When you're playing right. games, you find it from the world. You find it from the world. As a Christian, I had an instructor used to say it this way. Whenever we come to the word of God, we ought to be opening up the book and laying our lives right down alongside the yep. text. And wherever we see differences, it's not on us to go to ignore those differences. It's not on us to go, oh, well, and make excuses. The point is to lay our lives down alongside and then to change our lives, to, to pursue a change in our lives, to pursue a change through God, through his spirit, through his word in our lives to change, to match what we see in the text. Yeah. And so the standard that we have to apply is what we see in the text. The standard that we have to apply is Christ. He is the living representation of our God. Yeah, absolutely right. And so we're supposed to go back to him. And when we start doing that, you know what we see? There's a lot of foolishness that gets said, right? Yeah. Oh, well, we need to be nice to everyone. What? What do you, what, do you, what does that mean? Ex explain to me how I'm supposed to be nice to everyone. Like what, what, is, what does that mean? And people take that, right? Oh, well, Jesus loved everybody and he was nice to everybody. No, if you've read the gospels, you know, you That's know, not... you know, that the first part is true. Yeah. Jesus did love everyone. Mm -hmm. But uh, he, he had some to... hard things to say to some people, didn't yeah, he? he did. Yeah. And so by our generational standards, by my generational standards, a lot of what Jesus said is not nice. No. I, I, got, to, I got to study with, a, with somebody who's now put on Christ, but, year, but years ago at this point, it was a year ago or so. And we're studying. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you need to start reading the Gospels. You need to get into the book. You need to start reading and figuring out who this Jesus is, right? And he starts reading. And one of his observations that he came back to me with was this. He said, Jesus wasn't very nice. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Sometimes. he was, in a, in a biblical sense, in a godly sense of nice and kindness, he was the nicest and kindest person on the planet. But by our generation's definition of nice and kindness... No, but when it was, he came to con confrontation with people who need to be confronted. He he confronted them, and this is what we do badly. And this is part of the game playing. Mm -hmm. When we're playing a game, we confront people that we ought not to confront yeah. about things that we ought not to confront them or about. Or don't confront people we ought to confront. And then we don't confront the people that we. I, I was I was talking to a, a, a an incredibly godly man and a very good friend of mine, a professor, um, on this last trip. And we were talking and, and what, what ended up, I, I told my wife, we talked for a few hours and I told my wife afterwards, I said, uh, if I ever, if I ever get too big for my britches, I just need to sit down and talk to him. He'll, <laughs> he'll set me straight. Um, but we were talking about for me. So, so I have, I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist and me and you talked about this yeah. too. So I'm kind of a, kind of a, and if you know me, you know that I, I, I have a very, anyway, I'm a perfectionist. And, uh, we were talking about that and how that dynamic inadvertently gets played out into other people's lives right where it's like i i want i, I think i know how to help them be perfect right mm -hmm. and that that can become a problem pretty quick yeah. and one of the things he said was he said uh you know jesus had hard words for people like you and i went oof oof 
it's so easy. It's so easy. And I and look, I didn't come away from that conversation thinking that I wasn't a son of God. I didn't come away from no, that conversation no. thinking that I had somehow fallen from grace. But it was a reminder to me. I mean, we this is a path we all it was walk. A, it was a very godly, intelligent man yeah. helping to create you into the disciple you need to be. That's right. Still doing the the gospel call. You know, yeah. make disciples that didn't stop. He, he did. He, was he one of your professors at Sunset? No, he was not one of my professors. Okay, at but Sunset, he was there. But, he, but uh, yeah, yeah. But there were other men like him there. Absolutely. Oh, and, yeah. And you knew him. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be good friends. You. Oh, yeah. And so he is still looking at you and saying, what am I going to have to do with this young man to help him to grow so that he can grow past these things and then he can help other people grow past them? Sure. And so that's. Making disciples. That's what we do, guys. You know, here at Central, that's what we try to do is, is we're trying to make disciples. We're trying to help everyone to live out the life of Christ. That's the vision statement. Help everyone to live out the life of Christ. And if we do that, then we're going to be disciples. You can go in the book of John and and and, uh, and Jesus tells you, if, if you do this, don't call yourself a disciple if you're not doing this. Don't call yourself one. Yeah. Well, here in chapter 12 of this, he says, he said, uh, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, this is your spiritual act of worship. Uh, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is holy and pleasing to God. Well, what was pleasing to God in, in Leviticus 22 to those guys? I, I want to go back there before we have to stop this thing. Uh, look at Leviticus chapter 22. What verse? 41. Uh, we're going to look at the last, 22, the last verse. Look, okay, he said, 31. Yeah, keep my commands and follow them. Now he's telling the priest. Now he's going to, he's old, he's done. Now he's going to start telling Moses about the appointed sacrifices and the appointed festivals and, sure. and what they're going to honor and why they're going to do it. Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not pro profane my body, my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy and who brought you out of Egypt and to be your God. I am the Lord. Well, what is he, what is he not? What does he say over here? Let, let, let me go back to Romans 12 and look at what he said. He said, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the, pa to the he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, listen to what he said, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect. Can I figure out what God's will is? I can know because if I do this, God says, I'm gonna, you're going to figure out that I want to be, I want you to honor me as holy. Well, I want you to glorify me. And let's talk about what that command is. Uh, look at Romans thirteen. Uh -huh. okay. Romans thirteen eight. Okay. Right. So, so I, we talked about how how do we how do we figure out how do we not play games with God in in this holiness game, right? How to instead of playing games and doing what I think is best, or we have to admit that yeah. there may be places that I need to change. There may be places where I can get better. There yeah. may be places where God wants me to grow. Romans 12 tells us that. Look at what he says in Romans 13. What, what direction should we set? This is verse 8. Let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever the commands there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. How many of us read a text like that and say, man, I'm done for. I'm done for because I haven't done that in a lot of times in my life. Mm. I, since I've been a Christian, I can, I can recall things that I have not done and done, done well. Thank God we live under a system of grace yeah. where, where God is calling me to offer myself. 
He'll fix the problems. I can't fix them. Neither can you. Well, all throughout Leviticus, what we've been, what have we been reading over and over and over and again? God says, I am the Lord who made, made you holy. holy. <laughs> he makes us holy. That's and he tells word. us in Romans 12 and Romans 13, he tells us in Romans 12, he said, don't conform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, that doesn't happen. Blam, and it's done. No. We're, we're renewing our minds as we speak. We're helping you to renew your mind by listening to what we're talking about and going and reading it for yourself. You can transform yourself by renewing your own mind. And it's needed because, look, guys, God, we are called. Look, I'll tell you the standard. The standard over and over and over again is love God mm -hmm. and love your neighbor. That's yep. the standard. But even such a simple statement needs to be qualified because... What does love mean? Yeah. And if you're getting, if you're playing games and getting that definition for love from the world, your love is going to look very different than God's love. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Because the world does not love like God loves. No. The world does not pursue love like God pursues no. it. And no. he doesn't reach into people. Look, what that, we just talked Even about. Your marriage is going to look different. Everything. You know, yeah. your, your relationship with your kids is going to look yeah. different. And so I've seen guys play games, you know, I mean, if you if you are if you're verbally, physically, whatever, abusing your children, that's not God's love. No, God's very specific about it. you know if you're verbally abusing your mate, male or female, if you're verbally abusing them, you know if you if you're chastising them and just denigrating them, you know if your personality is just mean all the time, that's not that's not the way God loves people. Sure. Sure, God had some tough stuff to say to the Pharisees. Call them a bunch of snakes. Call them a bunch of whitewashed walls full of dead men's bones. Yeah, that wasn't very kind. But did he by love our them? standard? But did he love them? By but think about it. And this is and this is what I'm saying. By our standard, we look at that and we go, man, Jesus was not very kind. It's the kindest thing in the world. Yeah. You know what's not kind? There's you no know, you, you know what's horrible? What's horrible is watching a person stand in a burning building and say. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. That's that's not kind. What's kind is get out of the building, dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's kind. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's 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 that tension where if we don't Rome if we don't live by Romans twelve, if we're not coming to renew our minds through the word of God and through his spirit. Don't love our neighbor like Romans chapter thirteen says. If we, we don't, don't love our neighbor like Romans yeah. thirteen says, if we don't if we don't pursue, I mean, why do you think we taught our kids? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. This is what love actually looks yeah. like, right? If we don't pursue those things, if we're not doing that, we're playing games. Yeah. We're not trying to be holy, right? Now, the response to God making us holy is to pursue holiness. Hey, and guys, we're going to keep after this. I mean, this this is, we're going to keep trying to connect you to this, to today, to that time. You know, we're going to look at, we're going to start looking at the various ceremonies and, and feast days and why God was, why some of the, some of them are applicable today. Not where we, where we keep doing them, but what did it mean for us? What was God pointing to? And some of those festivals are going to make a big deal and uh, how we, how we connect to them. So we're good. We'll till next week, guys. Let's pray, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Father in heaven, thank you so much for for giving us this time. We pray that it's been a blessing. We thank you, Father, for the for the uh, for the understanding of these texts. And I mean, Father, we pray that uh, you be patient with us as we strive to learn how to declare your praises, how to declare to the world that that you've saved us. That it wasn't by us. We didn't do anything. It was a gift, and it's available to a lost and dying world. 
but we have to take them that message and help us to do that, Father. We thank you for this avenue of technology that we can use, and we pray you continue to bless us as we use this technology to reach people and reach the lost. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.